Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. You are listening to the Satellite Sisters. It is Sunday, February 16th. We are really happy to be here today. I feel like we are literally covering the nation with Satellite Sisters today. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California, where it will be like an almost too hot 85 degrees. Don't you agree with me, Sheila Dolan in South Pasadena? Too hot? Oh, Leon, make. by the way, am I going to see you cross-training today over at the Rose Bowl? It was funny running into you the other day. I know. We had an, we had an, we had an accidental encounter, uh, each walking different ways at the Rose Bowl. And my friend was like, who's that? I'm like, my sister. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In Colorado, uh, Julie Dolan is with us today. Hey, Jewel. Hey, well, I'm actually back in Dallas. Oh, you are? Oh, I didn't know that. I started this morning in New Mexico. So we really are covering the world here, or at least the United States. And the weather was was good all the way across. So I'm here. I'm happy happy to be with you. And then joining us from uh, Long Island, Satellite Sisters Next Generation, our niece, Megan Dolan Saparita. Megan, welcome to Satellite Sisters. Thank you. I am so happy to be dialed in. We tasked you this week. We knew Liz was going to be in Asia somewhere, so we th- we wanted some backup. We wanted another Olympic watcher. So this is is this your first guest appearance on Satellite Sisters? It is, although I think my sister, Catherine, who was on recently, reminded me that we did read the credits while I think we were in Morocco. (laughs) Yes. So, yeah, Catherine's gotten a couple of guests in. So, Megan, I was, like, eager to get on. We are happy to have you. You're a fully qualified human being. You're a grown woman. You are a lawyer. You are recently married. So if you were listening along this summer, it was Megan's beautiful wedding that we all went to. One of the best ever, Megan. It was a fantastic wedding. So much fun at your wedding. And now you are a newlywed. And how was Valentine's Day now that you're married? Kind of a letdown, isn't it? It was great. No, we had a great time. What's what's funny, though, is, you know, you mentioned that we got married at my parents' house. This weekend was the first time we went back there and we drove in and now it's all covered with snow. We drove in and I said to my husband, Greg, remember when we got married here? very different. It probably seems like a million years ago, too. The wedding in a good way. (laughs) It does. About six months, though, we were sitting next to a couple at Valentine's Day dinner who said, we've been married for 40 years. And we said, we got about six months that they were very, uh, they thought that was hilarious. Well, I know that on Valentine's Day for me with the three boys in my house, I got nothing this year. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I knew my husband, he was out of town all week, so he didn't show up till eight o'clock Friday night. And I had said to him, please don't get me anything in the Houston airport. Like at this point, <laughs> don't, don't come home with like, you know, white night, uh, some sort of, you know, perfume, white shoulders that you bought at the Houston airport. So he was off the hook. My sons, though, I, I told them they had to deliver this week. But Sheila, I actually had a Valentine for you. Oh, you did, Leon? What happened to it? Your car, you could have used it. I know. I thought so. I thought of you this week. And, um, but your car wasn't parked in front of my house when I got home. So I've been doing some, um, I've been going out for lunch and coffee frequently from my job. So if you don't see my car, it means I'm escaping the workplace. Well, that was that was it. I was like, how could she be leaving already? And I know later on in the show, we're going to get to um, what you dubbed the world's worst field trip. So we're all looking forward to that. Uh, we also have Olympic coverage. Julie has some Russian news and a fantastic theory about Plushenko she's going to share with us. Um, but Megan, just to let people know, you are a lawyer. You've recently changed jobs. Uh, so what, what are you up to now? Yes, um, that's true. I... Graduated from law school in 2009, and up until December, I was a prosecutor, an assistant DA in Nassau County, um, which is a really large suburban district attorney's office. And when I left, I was handling violent felony criminal cases. Um, But I did. It was amazing. It was a great experience. And um, I did leave in December. I switched. That's what that's what everyone says when they leave a job. It was a great experience. <laughs> it was. It was. You know, I, I tried a lot of cases and everything like that. I made some great contacts, and it was just very interesting 
certainly never a dull moment. Yeah. Um, but now I've really switched gears. I've gotten into civil practice. I work for a large nationwide insurance company doing insurance defense. Oh, and uh, yeah, so, so far, so good. So Megan, this is Julie. Why did why did you make the change? What was you know what were you thinking? Was it a personal thing or a professional thing? Uh, you know, it was a little bit of both. Um, it's very taxing working at the DA's office. You know, we have um, deadlines, twenty four hour deadlines, three day deadlines, five day deadlines, and it's really really fast paced. It's very exciting, but most people kind of treated as a starter job. People stay for about three to five years at DA's offices and get a lot of litigation experience and then move on to something different. Some people certainly stay there for their whole career. And uh, I didn't know what I was going to do. And this opportunity came up and it was a really great opportunity. Um, Greg and I, my husband, are now looking for houses. So we wanted to slow our pace a little bit. So it's really been great so far. Oh, what's Uh-oh. house hunting like? Are you discovering some differences that is it like a, an episode of house hunters where you <laughs> yeah. want it move in ready and he's willing to do the work? Right. We just do not know. We, we really have only been out twice uh, oh. looking so far. We live right now in Long Beach, Long Island, which is on the south shore of Long Island, a little barrier island. And we love it. We met here playing beach volleyball. And, um, but I think we're going to move and switch up to the North shore of Long Island. All right, <laughs> Megan. Yeah. So I'll keep you posted. Okay. And you know, a good real estate attorney, your mother. So that's, that's excellent. Oh yes, yeah. She is chomping at the bit to come with us to look at the houses, as you can imagine. I'm sure. It, it does sound like an episode from, uh, from house hunters. I, in fact, I think you two would be an excellent Excellent. Well, don't you think they'd be excellent on House Hunters? You know, some of the couples they have on that show, you really don't root for. You know, you you really don't care if they ever get a house. But I know, Megan, you and Greg, people would care that you got the right house. So I think in your spare time, now that you're not working 24 hours a day, maybe you should send send in your little video to um, HGTV. Speaking of, yes. Speaking of videos, Megan, I think you should get out there and start promoting your wedding video. Your wedding video is the best movie I've ever seen in my life. It, it, I watch it constantly. She, she does, Megan. She does. She's I mean, not kidding. It, and I think if anyone would like to purchase it for the next Valentine's Day, if you want to know what real love is, you have to watch Megan's wedding video. I'm serious. I know. We do love it. It's it's so great. And, you know, the, the reason that I love it the most is because I listened to your show after our wedding. Greg and I listened to it in Hawaii in the airport when we were island hopping, your show talking about our wedding. You were talking about everybody's outfit. I could not tell you what anybody wore. So, thank God for the video. I could see Sheila's high, low, everything. She hasn't oh. taken that bun head out, by the way. Oh, is it because you were shrinking? Is that why? Well, a lot and a lot of things, Megan, but seriously, um, no, the wedding video, I mean, everyone I show the wedding video to starts crying and they don't even know you. And that's what I love about it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's good to have you on the show. So, Sheila, did you need to review it the other day after your awful field trip? What happened? Okay. I mean, you're not a field trip fan anyway. Well, here's the thing. I've gone on hundreds, literally hundreds of field trips in my career. And it's, you know what it is? It's such high stakes when you're out there in a public place. (laughs) <laughs> with 23 kids and 10 parents, you know, anything could happen and everything is intensified, right? If you, speaking of legal, if, if a, a child goes missing, you're, you're in hot water, right? I mean, yes. you're, you're taking buses, you're taking subways. And in Los Angeles, you're taking cars. Right. Now, here's the thing about taking field trips with children in Los Angeles at my school you are driving off in about 10 different vehicles and you have no idea who's going to arrive when. Right, Leanne? It's true. Yeah. It's, it's, it is a little bit nerve wracking. So we take a bus once a year to the aquarium. Well, anyway, <laughs> let's get back to the field trip. Um, 
as you guys know already, Megan, you might not know, I created a very wonderful social studies curriculum for the third grade, world studies, right, Leanne? Yeah. It's a very multicultural, <laughs> multi, multifaceted program that involves all, all sorts of plays and projects and hands-on. And usually for Europe, we go on a restaurant trip. Oh. We, we go on some kind of trip where they can experience continental dining mm -hmm. because uh, these um these privileged kids never go out to continental <laughs> yeah. anyway right sheila is that it i i just think it's a fun thing and it's it's food people remember it so anyway make a long story short we we were, were not really out of asia yet and our europe field trip came up on the calendar mm -hmm. and i completely forgotten that we had booked a trip to the one and only Abuka de Peppo. <laughs> wow. That's you, Italiano, right, Megan? You're married to an Italian. Buca de oh, yes, I am. <laughs> I mean, think of the biggest tourist trap you know on Long Island, and you just insert Italian food, you have Buca de Peppo, okay? <laughs> and, Leanne, I mean, soccer teams go there when, when their season is done, right? Yeah, I there's mean, not a table in there under, like, 12 people. I mean, that's sort of their hallmark. Like, when I see poor people with two of them waiting in line, I'm like, what are you doing here? You know, this right. is this is for people's 16th birthday party. It's not for a romantic dinner. The meatballs are bigger than your head. So just, this is not the restaurant for you. I don't know why, but in the summer when we were pre-planning, I said, Italy... Italian restaurant. I gave it over to the parents. Book a nice, you know, a lot of the parents have connections. We ended up at Buca de Peppo. Okay, you know so, what? That's perfect for third graders, though. And it is family style. Oh, it's family style, all right. Okay, so we had a two-hour block of time, Julie. And what I wanted to do was just sort of teach them how to sit down, how to converse, how to have a nice... Uh, you know, the dining, the Italian dining experience. I really want to add some cultural bent to this whole thing. All right. <laughs> Little did I know. Okay. So I, some, we, they moved the trip to, up to 11 a.m. Mm. So we are sitting down for a five course <laughs> meal at 11 a.m. We are jammed into a back room, 44 third graders <gasps> oh. and about 10 parents. And when I say the entire meal took 40 minutes, <laughs> I am not kidding you. <laughs> they brought that food out so fast and the kids ate so quickly. <laughs> and the volume, the volume in the back room was ear splitting. It was, you could not even talk to anyone at your table. And here's the thing. They... The kids just chowed down, and after 40 minutes, I looked around, and kids are turning blue. They are so <laughs> sick from this food, Lynn. Just because they'd eaten so much so fast? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing about fettuccine Alfredo, you know? It, it, it's like one bite is plenty, you know? <laughs> that <laughs> is true. But something about fettuccine Alfredo, you think if you eat it fast enough, every all the bites are going to taste like the first bite. And then by the time you finish, you are sick. You are literally sick. Um, I had one student, my one of my favorite students, Ivan, look over at me after the meal, and he just, he was white. He said, Miss Dolan. <laughs> I said, Ivan, get up and go to the boys' room immediately. <laughs> Just go. People oh, were pa passing out. They were passing out. I mean, it was the most god awful thing. Wow. <laughs> just like Italy, just just like Tuscany, but, wasn't it? You, you, you didn't have, you know, you didn't weren't able to speak Italian or get them to it, think of screaming above the noise. We we could not. I mean, um, you know, fettuccine. The just grease laden family style salads, okay. bread, and then the fettuccine, and then of course the chicken parmesan. Maggie. Right. Oh, that oh, sounds good. Chicken parmesan. Oh that. my goodness! It was, and the kids like literally when we got back to the classroom, I just said go on the rug, and they just all passed. <laughs> they just laid down like we were supposed to go to PE. No one could move. <laughs> 
<laughs> and that's Italian. Okay, okay. Now, now Sheila, what's, Italian. What's, what's the feedback from the parents and the kids? Did they think it was fun? I mean, obviously you didn't, but how about, did the kids like it? I even asked the kids to write in their journals what they thought. And they they all wrote that the food came out really fast. <laughs> Even for kids, they thought it was too fast. And one one of my favorite students wrote, I thought that maybe they were going to give us a little talk before they started the food about Italy. But no, it was just 19 waiters just, just you know, bringing out food as fast as humanly possible. They wanted they wanted you in and out of there as fast as humanly possible. That's right. <laughs> they wanted those third graders out. <laughs> so uh, where, where are you going to go next year, Sheila? For your <laughs> <laughs> we're taking it off the off the curriculum, Julie. That's it. <laughs> yeah. it. Feels like you might need to rethink Europe. There might there might be a better way. Maybe just espresso. Maybe just take the kids for espresso. English tea. That's right. Well, England's not in Europe. I should know that. But anyway, but it's. <laughs> I think it is, isn't it? It's well, the British Isles, right, Julie? Right. They don't really consider. They're not okay. part of the European Union, Liam. Okay. Well, I know that, but in terms of the continents. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> All right, get to work on that. Hey, you know what I did last night? I wanted to pass along a hello, big hello, from uh, our former engineer at Satellite Sisters and known to many of the Satellite Sisterhood, John Ramos. I saw John last night and his lovely wife, Suzanne. Um, so he says hi to all the girls, uh, and they, he always asks, how are the sisters? But it was Suzanne's 40th birthday party, um, so Barrick and I were invited. And uh, first of all, I have to say, people were really impressed that I knew someone turning 40. <laughs> so that, was, that made me feel young. <laughs> so, um, cause we have so many friends turning 50 now, but, um, but, uh, here was the thing. It was a theme party and I read the invitation and I read it as eighties and or footloose. Like in my mind, that's what it was eighties or footloose. Um, so I was thinking I would just go with, you know, Madonna borderline best eighties look ever. And, um, as it turned out, it was really, <laughs> then I reread the invitation. I thought, Oh, it's the eighties version of footloose. Like that's what she wants. Oh. Footloose. And I realized, uh, well, we that better I, check, we better check with our next generation. Yeah. Meg, yeah you have, you seen the eighties version <laughs> of footloose? <laughs> Of course, of course. Okay. Yes. Somehow I missed the 80s version of Footloose. Oh, Leah. Yeah, well, I was a freshman in college and it came out in 1984 because I was like, you know, I don't believe I've ever seen that whole movie. I've seen bits and pieces and I know they made a new version in the stage show, but I, I couldn't actually conjure up like the image of what they wore. So I had to, <laughs> to Google it. And that's when I realized, oh, I, that was the year of Purple Rain for me. I did not watch, I did not see Footloose that year in 1984. Um, so it's more of a western texas look <laughs> now yes. megan was that kevin bacon yes yes was. well who could forget that yes. that was good dancing yeah, I know, well, that was shocking that you had not seen that that's really some so, i so, know i i seminal it, uh, you know as a movie and you seem to embrace everything in that movie yeah so i i don't know I'm how surprised. it was again i think it was just my freshman year in college and purple rain had just come out and so i think i don't know i, I mean you I, had to make a choice i did Liz. i aligned <laughs> myself with prince and not and not kevin bacon and so i was like oh wow i don't know what i'm gonna wear so fortunately my friend Danielle came through at the last minute because the whole key to the Footloose uh, look apparently is cowboy boots. And I do not own any cowboy boots. And so I was texting Danielle about something else yesterday. She's like, I have cowboy boots you can borrow. And they were perfect because as she described them, they were pleather and rubbery. So Oh, oh so they weren't like expensive Tony Lama cowboy boots that were fitted to her feet. No, I could fit right into them. I managed to pull together a flirty skirt, I have to say, a flirty back dress. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, now what? But I actually have a few accessories left over from the 80s. So I got well, out. Why not surprisingly? I know. I got out my blue jean jacket from high school, uh, my Ralph Lauren blue jean jacket and a belt I, I bought in the late 80s and some big earrings. 
things. <laughs> so, but I, so it was really fun to see John. They did a really great job. There was barbecue and delicious food and a DJ. Um, uh, at one point my son asked, when are you going to spring the costume on dad? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, Leanne, that was my question, is what did Barrick wear? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the good thing about Barrick, Megan, is that he wears the exact same look that he wore in the 80s, you know? He wears, he hasn't really moved forward or backwards uh, with his luck. I was like, just get out one of those blue jean shirts from The Gap. I think you'll be fine, honey. So, um, and yeah, he's got kind of a timeless look. It's okay, a timeless, preppy look. Yes. I was like, so, just... Megan, what about, uh, what about your husband? Do you think that you could... Is Greg big on costume parties? Do you, can you talk him into wearing goofy things? Oh yeah, he would love that. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> that's a plus. Yeah. So, um, and uh, but it was it was really fun. So uh, now I know. I've got, I, I think I'm going to go get myself a pair of cowboy boots. I enjoyed them so much. I feel like maybe that's what I'll buy myself for my birthday: some pleathery rubber cowboy boots. Leanne, I thought when you came to Dallas, we talked about cowboy boots, and you said never. I don't ever want to wear cowboy boots. I, I think I've changed my mind. I thought I looked pretty cute in them. I have to say. <laughs> I have to say, of course, I was at a Footloose party, so that's that may be it. But. I know it's like steel. Yes, that's right. I mean, it's like wearing island uh, dresses, you know, on the East Coast in the winter. You know, you just it, it's all context, land. It is right. Right, that's true. People come home from Hawaii and they've got their Hawaii dress, and then you see them like you know in Chino. You're like, really? That doesn't look good here, but. <laughs> I did have to give it up. There were two women from San Francisco who went for it. They went full 80s. They had like the flock of seagulls hair and the flash dance look and the leg warmers. And then the pièce de résistance was the black um, fanny pack. Oh, that's oh, excellent. You know, I loved those fanny packs. They really you know, were serviceable. They get, a, they get a bad name and they are so useful. They know. Back the fanny pack. What do you think, girls? Well, I like how they cinch you in. Yeah. I like anything that binds you at the waist. <laughs> anyway, there you go. All right, Sheil, uh, I know you yes. had a question for yet a situation once again this week um, with your blow dryer. <laughs> well, you know, Julie, I, when I think of blow dryers, I think of you. And um, I've had a great relationship with my blow dryer over the years. Um, you know, it's so well, why, old. Why do you think of me when you, it, when you think of blow dryers? Because I remember the day you retired your original blow dryer. You had it for so long that it, it was a thing. It was like we mourned your blow dryer for about a week on the show. I mean, didn't you have your blow dryer for about 40 years? Yeah, well, not 40, but at least it lived 20 years, at least 20 years. The it, son of a gun. The right? red son of a gun. We yes. all used it. It was all of our first blow dryer, really. Yeah, I think it kind of sparked at the end. I mean, you could really sort of ignite your hair. But yes, it lived a long and, and useful life. <laughs> I feel like I've, I, you know, my recent blow dryer really served me well, too. And I, I don't even remember the name of it because it was completely rubbed off, but I think it was a Conair, and I think it was uh, the that newfangled kind that makes your hair kind of shiny. Megan, maybe you know what that is. It was, was all ionized, Sheila, because you told me to get a blow dryer. That ionized, yes, that I... ionized. And you said, I said, what does that mean, <laughs> Sheila? That it ionized? And you said, I have no. She, you said it had, you have no idea, but that we needed to get that. Well, I got an ionized. I worked well. And then it, and then this week, after about, I'd say a good eight to ten years, my blow dryer completely died. Mm. And you know it. You know it for certain because you plug it in and it just makes an awful sound and gets really hot and you think you're going to blow yourself up. Right. I mean, uh, <laughs> and it got me thinking about blow dryers and relationships and things like that. Like at least when your blow dryer dies, you know it, you know, when you plug that thing in, you're going to get electrocuted. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but, yeah, you're but with relationships, you don't always know that that's going to happen. Right. Well, you might switch to warm Julie, you know, yeah. you, think, you might, back it down to cool or just turn it off for a while. And then when you turn it back on, you have no idea. That's so at least. And I, I thought, you know, when your blow dryer di dies, 
it is it is a death. I mean, it is it is a definite. You know, you're gonna you're gonna cause a fire in your bathroom, or you're gonna get electrocuted. And there's nothing more. You can't do anything else with it. Right. You throw it's it. It's done. Trap. It's dead. It's over. You throw it away. And it's you know, over. And you you think about it once or twice, but then it's gone. <laughs> the trash man takes it away, as opposed to your love life. You're right. So that you know, that's all. That's all I really want to say. I'm on. I'm looking for a new blow dryer. Um, I think you really want to say more. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really am looking for a new blow dryer, and uh, I want to start a relationship with a new blow dryer um, that lasts. That's a that's, that's a long term relationship, and maybe there's a new um, element, new marketing ploy that I could fall for, Megan. Maybe you know of a good blow dryer um, you could recommend or refer me to. Um, that's available. An available blow dryer is what I need. <laughs> Well, Sheila, I will keep you in mind, but it's funny because I recently went through a very similar transition. And, you know, so my blow dryer was really just hindering my life is the only way I can explain it. You know, I couldn't shower when I wanted to because it was going to take me too long to blow dry and then I have to straighten. So it was a whole big ordeal. Right, right. I didn't have the heating and just the blow dryer shutting down on me, but it just really was not working to its full capacity. And this is one that I've had since I was in high school, so over 10 years. Oh, proud of you, Megan. Uh, thank you, yes. I got a, a deal on Groupon, and I got a Conair blow dryer from Groupon that is just <laughs> life-changing. Oh, tell me about it. It could not be more simple. It's a regular blow dryer, but it just takes me five minutes to blow dry before straightening. So oh, I can be ready in a half an hour. At a moment's notice, I can shower and do my hair. Do you know, happen to know if it's ionized? I do not know. I just, I don't know, but it's, it's life-changing. But you know, that's big which, on yeah. online, online shopping and dating. Why? I think this is the way to go for you. <laughs> well, I, I believe me, I'm going to sign up. I'm going to go to Amazon this weekend and do some looking. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to start honing it, honing it down. Leanne, did you have you know, a suggestion? Whether it comes to blow dryers or relationships, Sheila, I think a simple old fashioned, simple and old fashioned is the way to go. <laughs> I wouldn't look for younger. I mean, um, I wouldn't look for the latest uh, thing in blow dryers or in men. I would. <laughs> okay. That's what I would say. Keep it standard. Keep it um, solid. Keep it standard and solid. And you yeah, know. Sheila, you don't even really need that super hot setting. You know, you could just. <laughs> you really well, it's better for your hair if you don't blow dry your hair on that super hot setting. Okay. You know I, Julie, I don't go for that. Yeah. Go to the medium setting. It takes longer, <laughs> Sheila, but I. Think you're going to find it more satisfying? Okay, girls. I am. You know what? I'm going to take that advice and I'm going to try to listen to you and really and really work, work with that as I look for my my new hair dryer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You're welcome, <laughs> Sheila. Anytime, Sheila. Okay. Uh, advice. We're talking about advice. I need some advice from our legal expert, Megan, who is here with us today. I had a situation in Colorado that I just, I want your opinion on. I know you don't practice law in Colorado, uh, so, but feel free to give us any kind of legal advice. As you can see, we'll, we'll follow along to anything. Here, here's the situation. We were out visiting my in-laws and we had driven to Colorado. So of course we brought our big black lab, Zorro, who Megan, I know you've met my lovely dog. Okay. He's he very so nice. He is. He's very mild-mannered. He's good. And we always stay, when we're traveling with our dog, at Holiday Inn Expresses because they're pet-friendly. And uh, we've had some very satisfying um, experiences at Holiday Inn Expresses with our dog. And uh, But we had not stayed at this one. This one was close to where my in-laws uh, live. And so we had booked a room there. And as we went to sign in, Usually when you have a pet, you have to pay a little, you know, a little extra for the pet fee and you fill out a little card. But this Holiday Inn Express, it's the one off 470, I-470, if you want to know, um, 
we had to fill out almost a legal contract to have the dog in the room. And here's what the here's what here's what was on the statement uh, beyond, you know, making sure that we would pay for any accidents that our dog had. There was in very bold lettering a barking policy that read as follows, that if your dog barked in the hotel and uh, and someone complained about it, you would get one phone call uh, because they assume that, you know, you've left the dog in the in the hotel room while you've gone out to dinner or gone shopping. Or in our case, we were leaving the dog when we were going to see my in-laws. But if you left the dog in the room and he was barking and you didn't pick up the phone when they called, they were going to come in and take your dog to the pound. Now, Megan, can they do that? Can they do that? Can they just, is that, is is someone doing their dishes? No, no, no. No, stop doing the dishes. I'm not doing the dishes. Go on, go on. Are you fixing a snack or something? Could you just stop? Stop. We listen to your blow dryer story. Could you just listen to my dog story? I'm listening, Julie. Okay, okay. Megan, I ask you. Julie, first of all, before I get into it, I just want to say either you're going to be pet friendly or you're not, right? Right. That's what I say. That just seems a little bit. Like you're talking out of both sides of your mouth, but the dogs are welcome, but just watch out. Um, Well, did you, did you sign anything that said that? Yes, we signed it because we were there. We had a dog. We needed to have a room, but we were terrified every time we left our dog in the room uh, that, that, that he was, he never barks, but we thought, oh my goodness, today (laughs) is going to be the day he's going to let out one large bark or he's going to start snoring. He snores very loudly and (laughs) and somebody's going to hear that and they're going to take him away to the pound. But could they act? I mean, obviously this Holiday Inn Express has had some problems with barking dogs because they have this excessive policy. But could they actually do that? Like go into your hotel room and take your dog and Put him, send him to the pound while you were out? I mean, I suppose, and now again, I've only been practicing civil law for about two months. I suppose that they could do that. Now what I'm really learning in this field is if you sign something, you're in for it. You know, oh. anything, whatever they say on that contract or that agreement they can do, but it also seems to me, like you mentioned, they're really just trying to scare you. Yeah. But, uh, it this might not be the place for you. I mean, conceivably, you could go out, come back, and Zorro could be gone. That's that's exactly what we were afraid of. Like, if uh, we went out one time to get something to eat, and we both put, uh, my husband and I put our phones right on the table, which we never do, but we were so afraid that we, you know, we were going to miss the one phone call right. so, that Zorro got to make? No, no, no. <laughs> help, help, they're taking me to the pound. Help. <laughs> Leon, Leon, this would not be a Holiday Inn Express for your dog. No, I, I, you could not. I, you your, know, your dog she doesn't bark-, bark a lot, only at one dog. She barks at one dog who happens to walk by her house 10 times a day. But other than that, she's not, the, she's not a barker, really. Yeah, and yeah. she should bark at that dog. I know that dog. Yeah. <laughs> I bark at the owner. Yeah. So, you know. Well, I, you know, we've stayed at other Holiday Inn Expresses where they don't have this po- barking policy, but I did think it was excessive. But I take your legal advice, Megan. Uh, we did sign that sheet of paper. We tried to be, you know, fortunately, our dog was not taken away to the pound, but it does. I don't think I'd want to stay there again because it was just too nerve wracking. But that's like saying if a baby cries, we're going yeah. to take your baby. All dogs bark. Right. Well, the only other thing I have to say is a contract would not be enforceable if you sign it under duress. And it does seem like that's what that is. Good loophole. Good luck. Right. You've obviously made a reservation because you don't have anywhere else to stay. Right. So they kind of force you into it, but maybe they should have a, a dog wing or something like that. Well, some some area, some Holiday Inn Expresses, they have specific dog rooms, you know, and then I, that makes sense. Right. Yes, right. but uh, but I don't know this hotel. Whew, it was uh, that was it. I, I certainly wouldn't go there again without uh, proper legal representation. That's what, 
That's good. I'm here for you, Julie. Yeah. I'm going to fax this to to my lawyer. I'll sign it in just a second. And Sheila, that's good advice for you. I just think when you purchase your next blow dryer, don't sign anything. (laughs) No, here's the thing. As a human who stays in hotels that I do not have animals, I am always suspect of of animal hotels because I don't want to stay in a room where an animal stayed. I mean, I'm allergic to cats. I mean, I could... You know, if a cat stayed in my room formally, uh, it's just there should be a separate wing. Megan mentioned a wing. All hotels that accept animals should have only rooms that are for animals. That's it. I mean, don't you think? Yeah, it's like a smoker's room. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, you, I, Sheila, yeah. you stay. Well, you stay. When we go to Catherine's wedding, you stay at a Hampton Inn. They don't take any pets, and we can stay at a Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. I think it is time for our Olympic coverage now. Uh, did anyone need to cover any other personal issues? <laughs> No. Well, no. well, my personal issue for you, Leanne, is how are you holding up? I mean, you we're on what day ten now, and you you've been out there every day with your reports on our website at satellitesisters.com. dot com. I mean, it is a grueling pace you're keeping up. I I did get at one point lost in the time space continuum this week. Like I couldn't <laughs> remember. I felt like I was watching stuff over again when, in fact, that was happening. Like they were showing the skating live in the morning, and then I'd see it on the prime time. I'm like, did I see? this or not and then you know just when i'm gonna give up i thought i might take today off but i turned it on and there is johnny weir and he is wearing a tiara and i can't not comment on that i have continued to delight in the coverage that tara lipinski and johnny weir are doing they are a breakthrough broadcasting team and i find it even more delightful if you haven't seen their coverage in the morning you got a chance to see it today with ice dancing so they are so fun and so knowledgeable and johnny weir is so out there and they did reveal last night that they are they have adjoining rooms they are trading accessories they're actually sharing necklaces (laughs) which i had speculated on the blog that that's what they were doing and I find it so fantastic especially in the face of the fact that it is in Putin's Russia it's all so fantastic the whole the whole skating thing but Julie thanks for your concern because I just yesterday morning I was up at 4 30 for that dang hockey game I couldn't not get up so, yeah, that was amazing. so catch me up Leon. who's playing whom okay. what's happening <laughs> What's what's the big what's the big deal, there? Megan? It's like she's from another family, isn't it? I, I just don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> Megan, for you, what have what have been some of the Olympic highlights? Well, I have to uh, just briefly agree with um, Lee, and you know, I've been staying up much later than I normally stay up to watch these Olympics. I just can't help it. It's really a commitment to be there through, through these two weeks. You know, we've put Friday night lights on hiatus okay. for the two weeks for the Olympics. <laughs> Um, but I have to say, far and away, my favorite was the skiing slope style. Loved it. It was just amazing. You know what? That was a fantastic new event. And I'm it kind was, of suspicious of those freestyle skiing events, but that was fun to watch. It was so fun to watch. I, it obviously adds to it that we swept the medals yes. there. Those boys are so cute. They did such a great job. And it was just exhilarating. I loved it. Yeah, and the silver jackets on the metal stand look fantastic. So So sharp, so sharp. Those three couldn't have been cuter. Now, uh, Julie, you had speculated, we talked last week to Mark Welch, our skating expert, who's been sending me emails all week, some excellent behind-the-scenes skating stuff. But he speculated that Plashenko pulled out. Remember, it was a big, oh, he won the, the, you know, helped the Russians win the gold medal in the team figure skating, Sheila. This was a whole new event that you missed that just is all the skaters skating their individual acts and then they combine the scores and then they go off and they skate their own programs for individuals. So, Sheila, the Russian star came back sort of from injury, out of retirement, the old man, helped them win the gold medal and then seconds before he was supposed to go on the ice for his individual individual skate yeah. he pulled he pulled out he withdrew Ooh. leaving Ooh. russia with no representation in the men's figure skating and it smelled a little fishy why to did me. he do that Leanne? well julie well, 
Go I for it. I will just tell you now, you know, I lived for, uh, in Russia for five years. In fact, Megan, you and your family came to visit us in <laughs> Moscow. So uh, as soon as I saw that, I was, my husband happened to be home and was, and was watching that. He said, oh, well, who paid him off? That was his <laughs> first comment. So here is my working theory about why Plushenko pulled out. Uh, you notice who got the bronze medal? The Kazakh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Kazakhstan. Kazakh. Dennis yeah. Ten from Kazakhstan. Yes. Had you ever heard of him before? No. He came <laughs> out of nowhere, okay? Nowhere to win the medal. The first medal for Kazakhstan in the Winter Olympics, okay? Wow. You know, okay, so here's my theory. Uh, uh, you have some oligarch, some billionaire in Kazakhstan paid off Plushenko to, to c- c- come up lame. He might have paid off some of those other... As Leon, you so aptly put in your blog, Splatfest, all yeah. the other people that were falling <laughs> on the ice. Everybody <laughs> fell, Sheila. <laughs> Not just I one. I love that. They I bit it. it. They it bit was, it. They hit the ice the hard. And then they slammed up against the boards. Every <laughs> single skater. <laughs> so they That's were, hysterical. Okay, so Plushenko got paid off. And why does Plushenko need all that money? Have you have you keyed in on Mrs. Plushenko? No, okay. they keep mentioning her. Johnny oh, okay. Johnny Weir keeps mentioning Mrs. Plushenko, like it's some okay. um, cover okay. identity. Now she, first of all, <laughs> Mrs. Plushenko. Okay, when you when she's interviewed, here's how the interview goes. Uh, Mrs. Plushenko, how is Mrs. Plushenko feeling? Her response is Chanel Resort Wear 2013. <laughs> Mrs. Plushenko, do you think he will come back in the next Olympics? Hermes scarf, Hermes Birkenbag, Gucci glasses, and Jimmy Choo shoes. She only talks in designer clothing. That's that's all. Every response she gives to the press, she's like Louis Vuitton 2012, Gucci Spring 2000. 11. Just that's it. She is like, she describes herself as the third most powerful woman in Russia. Okay. So then you have to ask like, well, who's ahead of Mrs. Plushenko, right? And that would be, of course, Putin's girlfriend. He bit, you know, he, he got rid of his wife. So he's got the girlfriend, um, the gymnast, the goal. I mean, one of many. And then I assume number two, in the number two position is Abramovich, who owns the Chelsea soccer team. Right. And he's one of the oligarchs. So he's got a girlfriend that and she's pretty big in the contemporary art field. But then in the number solidly <laughs> in the bronze slot, you have Mrs. Plushenko, who has a very big shopping bill. So of course Evgeny has to has to pull up lame. He has to take the money from the Kazakh billionaire because he has to pay all these shopping bills. That is my working theory. Okay. Well, the working theory of our figure skating expert, Mark, and Kathy Douglas, who's also been weighing in, is that he might have had some gambling debts, Mr. Plushenko, okay. uh, and so he needed to pay off the Russian mafia. Yeah, what? but it, it definitely, I mean, that was, that was, something is up there. It is not as, you know, it was not an injury that stopped him from skating. So. Yeah, he he tried to wince really hard. So he, he did a jump, Sheila, in the warm-up, and he landed, and he winced really hard. And and that's when Johnny, who was in a spectacular sequined coat for the men's <laughs> finale, and uh, that's when Johnny said, oh, boy, that looks like it hurt. But he, I, I don't even think Johnny really believed that. So I think there's more to come. This is the kind of story I hope Vanity Fair does um, an in-depth investigative journalism on because, yeah, there was something behind that. It was excellent. I love that theory. (laughs) Both of those theories I love. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. <laughs> Track it down. All right. I had two comments on things that happened this week. First, Sean White, you know, did not, Sheila, Sean White, who has sure. won two gold skateboarder. medals. Skateboarder and snowboarder. Oh, right. snowboarder. No, he yeah. does both. You're right. He's a skateboarder okay. and a snowboarder. And now he's like a grown man. He cut his hair. He's 27 years old. He has a real haircut. He has a billion dollar, you know, million dollar company. He has uh, various business lines going under the Sean White brand. You know, he came back to win his third, to try to win his third gold medal, and he did not. He didn't medal at all. He came in fourth. And there was a lot of, like, haters out there sort of happy that he didn't win because they felt like Sean White had sold out and become the man. And that um, he he wasn't, like, 
he didn't hang out with the other snowboarders. That seemed to be sort of the inside snowboarding view of Sean White was that he wasn't keeping it real, man, because he didn't <laughs> hang out with the other snowboarders. Okay, did you see the other snowboarders? They're, they're like 20-year-old kids. Like, And Sean White is now like a man. He's like a grown man with a grown business. I wouldn't hang out with 20-year-old kids yeah. either. I did not understand, like, really, that's – your biggest complaint about this athlete who is right. clearly like at the top of his sport and still training every day. Like it's not easy to win a gold medal. Like you can't just, you know, get a good Armani tux and win a gold medal. You actually have to train for it. And so I was thinking about, um, last year I was at blog her and, uh, I saw Gail Ann Hurd speak and, you know, she's the big time movie producer who's done Terminator and the abyss and is now the executive producer of the walking dead. And so very powerful woman. And she was really interesting. She's sort of unrepentant in, you know, her belief. They asked her the question, you know, do you think you, you know, do you think you can be respected and liked in Hollywood? And they particularly asked about women. Like, do you think women have an issue with being either respected or liked? And she said, you cannot be both. You cannot be respected and liked. She said, I've picked respected. Because that's what I do. I run a big company. I'm like a general out there on the movie scene. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need to be liked. I don't really. And then she went on. The The interviewer was like, really? Like, even at your point in your career where you're clearly respected, don't you think people might like you now? And she's like, no. No, I don't. <laughs> and it made me think of Sean White. Like, okay, so what that the 20-year-old right. snowboarders don't like him? <laughs> I respect him. I think people respect him. So I felt bad he had such haters. Yeah, I, I agree. I love Sean White. Yeah. Yeah. But it was I, disappointing. It was. It was. And then I had uh, a thought about the hockey shootout. Now, Sheila, yesterday I woke up to see the Russia, uh, U.S.-Russia men's hockey game. So in pool play. So don't worry. They weren't going for a gold medal yet. Um, but this was – it was on at 4 a.m. Uh, Pacific Coast time. <laughs> so. An early start, Leanne. That's good. It was an early you're start. You're really, you're really a good, you're really a good reporter, Leanne. Thank you. I know I'm working hard, and it was hard not to text Dick in Bend, Oregon, because I knew he's been getting up early, but I didn't know if he was da- taping this one or going to watch it live. So we did exchange texts later in the day. But they had a hockey shootout. It ended in a tie, uh, and so they had a hockey shootout. And here's how it went down, Sheila. Like the first. It's just one-on-one, a player versus the goalie, all right? And the player, like, skates up with the puck and tries to put it in the net. So the first three guys go. Uh, Each team picks three guys to take a shot. And it was tied at the end of three shots. So they keep going until someone gets it in and someone misses. But at that point in the hockey shootout, the same in international rules, apparently, this is not the NHL rules, but in international rules, the same guy can keep taking the shot. So over and over and over again. So it ended up this adorable American, TJ Oshie, super cute, not saying he's not cute, like going up against this the one Russian. They each took five more shots. Megan, what did you think of that? Well, I have to tell you, it was pretty devastating because we also got up early to watch it. And I thought I had made our real estate appointment late enough that we could get the whole game in. <laughs> oh, no. We had to leave before the shootout. <laughs> So I obviously watched it later in the day, and um, I agree, though. I think that is very bizarre. I think he is adorable and did a great job, but, you know, as you said, Leanne, there is no I in team. It's a very interesting (laughs) rule. I'm surprised. Well, and soccer gets so many critics because, like, their penalty kick system isn't seen as a fair way to end a game, but at least in the soccer penalty kick, thing everybody has to like they just keep shooting until someone wins but it can't be the same person and like everyone on the team is exhausted they've been running for two hours uh so the stakes build when they get through the first five guys who can actually make the pks there's sometimes when the goalie has to go take a pk so it's just very it's much more dramatic i think when it's not the same guy but let's rotate it out leon that's what i say thank you sheila yeah (laughs) <laughs> yes, I agree. Okay. Uh, to win, really, at this point, that's okay. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I didn't mind. I know. Yeah, like Megan and Greg need to go see another house. Like, end the game and let's wrap it up. Oh, it was terrible. It was torture. <laughs> 
All right. Anybody got anything else on the Olympics? What are people looking forward to this week? <laughs> Sheila, well, I know, I know you're on vacation, so you I got like, nothing. You're I, looking I got forward nothing. to your many doctor's appointments. Right? Yeah, that's it. I have a full week of doctor's appointments coming up and uh, probably, you know, take stock and uh, what happened to the blow dryer <laughs> and, you know, how I could have <laughs> saved power. Um, and that's it. I have nothing. You know, I'll have to say I I get up early. I get wake up early, and I've been watching curling, which I have enjoyed. No jokes about curling. I've really I, it's a it's kind of a nice nice sport to wake up to in like the golf. It's sort of like yes. golf. Yeah, it's but and I'm and I'm telling you, the Canadians are doing a fantastic job. I mean, not that our Americans aren't, but I'm really enjoying the. Canadian team. I'm enjoying some of the finer points of it. So uh, depending on when that comes on, where you live, you may find that it will help you go to sleep at night <laughs> or or it's a nice, gentle way to wake up in the morning. So more curling, Leon. That's what I say. Megan, how about you? What's on tap for this week? I know it must be terrible to actually have to go to work. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> really, it's awful. It's just terrible. But um, we have been recording some of them if I get home late so we can fast forward through, I don't want to say it, but some of the figure skating Friday yeah. night. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing Gracie Gold. Mm-hmm. And really, I'm looking forward to the men's and the women's hockey. I love the women's team. I, I know a couple girls on it. So oh, cool. Yeah, it's it's really exciting. I think they're great. They're so talented. And I think in terms of um, the reason I like the women's hockey is because it is so similar to the men's hockey. It's the same game. It's the same intensity, the same, you know, level of violence. I just, I love it. So, yeah. I can I, I, I agree. If you yeah. just come in and you see that it's a hockey game on, you wouldn't know whether it's women's hockey or men's hockey. Right. They're both so fast paced, really good, you know, shooting. It's, it's all good. I, I agree with that. All right. Well, we will be back on Tuesday for the Tuesday show. Julie, have you figured out how to watch Downton Abbey? No, I, of course, I have a DirecTV fail. Our DirecTV system has totally shut down, okay? And I have forgotten my password to my DirecTV account, so I can't watch anything online. And, of course, I have to watch Downton Abbey because we report on Downton Gabby every week on the Tuesday <laughs> show. But, Leanne, I will find a way, legal or not. I will have seen that episode. Don't worry. Hey, also, for Satellite Sisters, a big birthday, a little happy birthday wish to our baby sister, Leanne. Thank you. Has a birthday coming up this week. Uh, She will still always be the youngest. And may you enjoy uh, your birthday as the youngest sister. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, sort of looking forward to it. Going to get my hair done for the day. (laughs) That's my big gift to myself. Uh, All right. You can always find us online at SatelliteSisters.com. We love hearing from you. There's a lot happening on the Facebook page. But please go to the blog if you're interested in catching up with the random thoughts on Sochi. They're all there. Click through. Tell your friends. Megan, you have done a fantastic job. I really believe that Monica's uh, place is in jeopardy here on Satellite Sisters. (laughs) Oh, no. It's been great to be here. And you'll have to let Sheila know know what blow dryer they use when you get your hair done for your birthday okay. <laughs> yeah. now you're talking <laughs> all right good luck to you guys there and say hi to greg megan i will thank you and don't forget call your satellite sister <laughs> <laughs>